Morning. How are you doing? Oh, uh, living the dream as usual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I probably should have watched this film this morning. I think it would have put me in the right headspace. This feels like a nice Sunday morning, like sort of like watching, uh, like what is that? What are the political talk shows with like the uh, eighty? Meet the press or Meet the press? Face the nation. That might be a little too much, a little too strenuous. I don't know. I'm sure there's like some lighter fare, but that's why. We ah, this movie. is that what you were? You started your day with today? No, I did not. I just started with myself. So that's just <laughs> <laughs> hatred, self-loathing. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Projecting Film, a podcast where movies meet. I'm your host, Michael Denniston. On this episode, me and my co-host, Chris Maynard, take a look at Jermaine Clement's new independent film, Humor Me, where he stars as Elliot Gould's son, who is forced, after a separation, to move back in with his father, who only communicates through jokes. As we are two guys who only communicate while on a movie podcast, I assure you, you are in good hands. And if you don't trust me... Let's turn it over to the marketing people once again. Here's the trailer for Humor Me. And after that, our discussion and the two films that came to mind as we took in this new indie film. I need to make a change, Nate. You stop taking care of yourself. You're getting fat. Getting that fat? You still don't have an ending. They were burned alive. These people were all, um... Still working out on this. I think it's better if we don't work together anymore. We're closed. Big line. Nareep left me. Was it unexpected? Uh, no, we planned it a year in advance. Call Dad. He's got that spare room. I'm not staying with Dad. Hi, Dad. What do you think of the place? It's, uh, beige. I can't believe you've never been here before. How long have you been working on this one? Not long. Four years. Maybe Nate's blocked. He's not being productive. Good news. I found you a job. This is where you're going to work. Am I getting paid for this? Your father has garnished your wages in lieu of rent. Dad, I'm an award-winning playwright. I'm open to other ideas. Welcome to the Cranberry Bog Players. This is Dee and Helen and Gert and that's Allison. We're getting ready for our next show. Ah! Tell me what's wrong with you. My wife left me, and I had no place else to go. <laughs> the old fake heart attack. Other people think I'm funny. Your daddy would tell me these jokes. Stop me if you've heard this one. Come in. I don't think it was your wife who gave up on the potential of you. I just think it was you. You could use some confidence, mate. Life's gonna happen, son, whether you smile or not. Well, I mean, any day you can start the day with People Man, People Magazine's sexiest man in America, Elliot mm. Gould, is a good yeah. day. I did, uh, I did have that thought as I scrolled through because I have uh, the the long goodbye uh, on my iTunes, and so I was like looking mm-hmm. for just something to to watch last night, just to like fall asleep to something I've like seen before, and uh, I thought uh, that made me sad. <laughs> that that brought home the the aging process even more so than humor me because <laughs> I think uh, I guess it just depends on how your your own age, uh, but to me he's sort of always this guy, the kind of goofy yeah. like uh, father figure. Uh, most people probably would know him from like the Ocean's Eleven series, um, just kind of like a you know a wiseacre, and he's uh, definitely definitely that here. 
Um, I I did have a thought as I was watching it. I don't know how much experience you have with uh, uh, Mr. Fly of the Concords here, but his uh, Mr. Uh, Clement. Or, yeah, his right? his yeah. post uh, Fly of the Concords material seems to be uh, not as interested in in being like a complete and utter goofball. At least the stuff where he's the lead. The jokes could be off-putting to people, and it's it fits in the film because the son is fucking sick of hearing them from his old man. <laughs> so, you know, you may be as well. It's it is definitely jarring because when we started this, uh, and of course you having worked with me for a couple of years on this podcast shit, you know how my memory is, and so I'd even asked you like, just like the last time we recorded, like a few days ago, and like what is this again? And I was the one that requested this film. I'm like, hey, this looks good, and you told me again. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, Okay, it's that film. Got it. So I'm watching it last night, and that first scene when it leads off with the, the joke, the black and white footage of uh, one of those those poor schlubs that was on, like, an NBC sitcom in the 90s. And that's all I – I don't know the, the actor's name. I forget. But I, I always recognize him. Like, oh, he was on NBC once. Uh, Joey Slotnick plays Zimmerman, the uh, fictional character in this film, the, the, the man who stars in all of uh, Mr. Longabye's uh, jokes. So it starts off with this dick joke. And yet again, I was like, I'm going to have to text Maynard and be like, what is this again? Um, because let me just read. Well, let me just read you. And you know, to anyone who's listening to this, if they're like, oh, God, uh, the few listeners we have, what have they picked once again? IMDb currently, as of this recording, which is five days before its release, is no help. Humor me. The summary. Triplets ruin everything. That's it. That is it. Triplets ruin everything. Exclamation point is the, as I look on my iPhone, the summary. And right above that says, coming soon in theaters Friday. That's also the only, you know how sometimes there's like a secondary, like a, you know, better summary that's a little bit longer. This is currently the only summary they have up on MTP. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm reminded uh, that projecting film is needed in the world. <laughs> For this film in particular, because I'm like, wow, um, I'm sure there's someone that's paid 10 bucks an hour to, to at least let IMDb know or just to enter it themselves what this film's about. So let us try to uh, fix that for the few listeners we have. Uh, and we'll, we'll start off with our, our picks here. And there was one very obvious one I avoided because I thought Mr. Vanilla, uh, my co-host Chris here, would be the one to, to do it. But you've already told me your year, so you did not go with that pick. So I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to mention it. What what did you think I was doing? I thought the most obvious pick here, and so you know, it won't be in the title of our episode, but it's probably the one that would be the best help to people would be Big Fish. A oh, sure, more yeah. low key, grounded Big Fish without Tim Burton and the budget for all those effects, but certainly the uh, the choice to cut away to these stories in this film, these jokes starring this character Zimmerman that his father tells. And the frustration the son feels with not being able to connect on a what he considers a real level with his father because he always goes to these jokes. Uh, I thought Big Fish would be the most obvious one as far as this is like the, the indie spirit version of Big Fish. That's not my selection 
because I don't I don't go like that. But I do think that I'll probably still be the vanilla option here because it's not that far from Big Fish, my, my pick. Well, you went in that time range because you were saying 2010, 2011 when there was a ton of movies about these sort of 20 to late 30 year old men living with their parents. So it could be any number of like probably 10 films that I was thinking about that it could have been. I went with the beginners. This is 2003. This is what the sun looks like and the stars. This is the president. And this is the sun in 1955 and the stars and the president. My parents got married in 1955. They had a child and they stayed married for 44 years until my mother died. Six months later, my father told me he was gay. I'm gay. I remember him wearing a purple sweater when he told me this, but actually he wore a robe. I'm gay. He was gay the whole time they were married. Oliver, I just met a girl. You point, I'll drive. This one? Hello? Oliver? Yeah. They had some wonderfully loud music in the club tonight. Insane, What kind of music's that? Probably house music. House music. (laughs) Okay. House, house music. The bronchoscopy revealed a mass. Well, that's not Russia until everyone. Sometimes I wonder. Before Anna, I had four serious relationships. I let all of them fall apart. Only night. Just be happy about it. The melody. For the first time, I saw him really in love. And I am once again with you. People like us, half of them think things will never work out. The other half believe in magic. And each kiss and inspiration. That is not one I thought of, and that's actually really that's smart. That makes sense. So yeah, you you do lose, I guess, uh, Uma Gregor's character. Well, there's, I mean, there's some, but it's like death hangs over the film. Obviously, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I still find it to. I mean, it's a very touching film, and I do find all the moments with Christopher Plummer and uh, McGregor, the father, and some moments very good. Now, I guess the difference with that one is there's no financial constraints that's like and humor me that's sending mcgregor back home to like reconnect with his father i think it is just more like he just wants to know who his father is because in that film uh his christopher Plummer's character decides to come out as a gay man late in life and Mm -hmm. so it's like he's he's the one feeling i guess the difference between this and humor me is that beginners mcgregor is more the and this is a terrible pun i did not mean to walk into it the straight man in the sense oh he could have walked away you knew it i have to because (laughs) my point is about (laughs) his father is the more interesting character and the one that's trying to figure himself out and then it's after his father's passing that his son is sort of left with i guess realizing that his his life has not been that interesting or maybe it's a little too constrained and you know i I find that movie it works really well because of the fact that it's the older guy that has this big life change and then the son is sort of left realizing that he's got he's got a lot of miles left to go and is this really where he wants to be so yeah beginners is the one i went with what what did you select to to sell humor me on our listeners well, I went with uh, 1995 Jason Lee's Mallrats. Uh, okay, thought, not vanilla at all. All right. Well, well my, um, my thought being that there's a breakup in the beginning of the film that sort of sends this man on sort of a, 
I don't know, a quest to find himself, a reluctant quest to find himself and sort of redefine himself and to be sort of humbled in a way, because in this film, the, he has both the men have these giant chips on their shoulders uh, where Brody <laughs> has this chip on his shoulder about being a comic book collector and, you know, having more knowledge about the bootleg Godzilla films than the other person. So also the needs- whalers, I believe that's what starts the breakup, right? That he's in his Sega uh, franchise <laughs> mode, <laughs> that he's doing something that has historically never happened. I'm not a hockey guy, but I, I know it meant a lot to him. And I guess I was more, this may be the only time in my life I was on Shannon Doherty's side where I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, and and I think at this in the at the same time when you're watching the beginning of this film and you see the breakup, um, she's leaving him for a billionaire in France, and this is a guy who can't r- get to the end of his play, a play that's already been accepted to go forward and to move on, and they're just going to do the read through, but he can't stop rewriting it, so he's getting in his own way, and I think that's sort of the the common theme between these two characters is they're both these sort of creative men that just won't get out of their own way and allow themselves to be successful. Yeah. That was the, the first thing I went to was like Googling like, okay, films about writer's block and a lot of stuff yeah. that comes up because writers are very self-involved, I guess, creative people in general, like for the most part, there wasn't a lot of family dynamic to that particular uh, subgenre uh, adaptation, I guess, with the imaginary <laughs> brother, <laughs> you know, sure. as a competitor and uh, bunkmate there. But I did, I, I looked at beginners from that light as well, uh, in the sense that McGregor's character playing the son uh, is at least the, the way that the film delivers it, sort of stylistically, somewhat blocked. You know, you have those little snippets where he's mm-hmm. like, just thinking of things like, you know, this is my dog. This is like my hotel, that sort of thing where um, it feels like he's trying to say something and is unable to, or feels like he should say something considering that his, his dad has just passed and has had a life changing event. And I thought that was one of the rare films where, even though it's made by obviously creative people, filmmakers that it got across what a regular Joe's uh, version of Ryder's block would be. And I like that because I the the only other one I could come up with was that the the horror movie we did with uh, Christopher Reeve. Uh, oh, the the yeah, what was something box? I can't remember Death Box or Death I, Trapped, something like that. I almost went there, and I'm like, you know, this that may be getting very far afield <laughs> from what people um, actually find and humor me. But that was well, the other I, one I thought of. I think that when you're doing something like that, you're really just hoping that my pick will be the counterbalance to that. <laughs> it wouldn't have been this time. I'm glad I went with beginners because <laughs> you start with uh, Mall Rats, which, as everyone knows. Uh, sits right on the shelf with beginners. Netflix recommends, hey, you just watched Beginners. It's time for the, what is it, like the, the poop handshake or whatever, <laughs> the stinky palm. <laughs> all right, so you can't scream at him, but after all he's done to you, you should still kind of stick it to him. How do you propose I do that? You stink palm him. Stink palm. You take your hand, you stick it in your ass like this. You've been walking all day and you're also nervous, so no doubt you'll be sweaty as hell. You should see yourself right now, a grown man with his hand down his pants. Yeah, I probably look like my old man. There, now you shake hands with the guy. Hey, Mr. Zvinning, how have you been? What's the point? You know how long it takes for that smell to come off? Scrub all you like, it'll stick around for at least two days. How does he explain it to his colleagues and family? They'll think he doesn't know how to wipe his ass properly. Meanwhile, you yourself are left with a hand that smells like shit. Small price to pay for the smiting? One's enemies. I think I'll pass. Look, do me a favor. Stay here while I go talk to him. 
fellas? Well, 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 if it isn't my neighbor. Mr. Svenning, how have you... Damn, would you feel that iron grip handshake? Like Burr Reynolds and shit. So, what's going on here? Oh, well, uh, T.S. and I were just discussing a few of his lesser points. Of which he does have many. Mm. Hey, look at that ring. What is that? That is uh, my uh, junior college class ring. Come loud, 69. Uh, I also hope to come loud one day, preferably in a 69. (laughs) (laughs) Say, would you like a chocolate-covered pretzel? They're a little melty, but damn, are they exquisite. And if I remember correctly, you're a big pretzel fan. (laughs) Um... Dark chocolate. Yeah. No. Oh no. Oh come on. <laughs> no. No. You're no. Awesome. Please. No. No. There you go. Thank you. Mmm. Oh. Yes. Oh. Good. Good. Very nice. <laughs> and you know, being a man who uh, believes in. One good turn deserves another. Hmm? I have something to offer both of you. Really? What's that? <laughs> it's Sinky Fomp. But I think that um, it actually kind of works, this particular pairing, because if you think about the crass humor in Mallrats, that's definitely a part of Humor Me. Mm-hmm. Um but it's not the foundation of it. And if you think sort of of the emotional truth of beginners, I think that those two sort of you end up somewhere close to where humor me lands. So I think we accidentally did a good job this time around. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening. This is the shortest episode. <laughs> we pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> okay. Maybe a little bit too quick for that right away. <laughs> well, I, I do want to talk about humor me uh, a little bit in the in the sense that I, I sort of struggled with because it does go – very broad. Um, I mean, anytime you're you're going to place a guy in what's basically like a retirement community, um, right. and he's working uh, basically at the the, the center um, with these three older women. Which uh, man did I feel old when I was like, uh, I was like, who is that? I recognize one of those faces. Was that Annie Potts? <laughs> I was like, oh shit, is she? I was like, she's not old enough to be playing that. And I look her up; she's sixty five. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess technically she is. Isn't Jermaine Clement's character 50 in this movie? Is he that old? I I, th- I can't remember, but I think he said something along those lines, which, you know, lined out because as I'm, I'm 41 and he's got a little bit more gray than me, so he's probably close to it, if not. He's just a, a young pup. He's a mere 43, my friend. 43. Oh, yeah. look at that. All right. Not aging as well as Annie Potts. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so like the uh, you know he gets embroiled in. I mean, there's some some gags where his dad is basically saying if you're gonna if you're gonna stay here, you're gonna have to not earn your keep. But basically, he does not want him to just sit and be the the rider upstairs just banging away. I, I think his dad has a pretty good assessment of his kid as far as like that's not gonna be good for your work. And I mean, it, yeah. It works out because this is it's a a light film. This is not something that uh, was ever going to need to be released like in October for like an Oscar push or anything. <laughs> but you do have some moments where I wondered how they were going to straddle that line. I think what they do that's different from Big Fish is for the longest time I don't think Humor Me announces 
we're going to have some serious moments coming up. So, you know, here's some, here's some fun bits for the longest time. I'm like, Oh, this is just sort of a pleasant comedy. And so when they actually get to those moments, uh, I wasn't really primed for it. I wasn't really prepped. And I think it, those scenes work more effectively because they kind of catch me off guard. Cause I'm just expecting joke, 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 joke. I think they're laying the groundwork for it pretty early on. When you think about how, uh, Jermaine's character is interacting with his son, there's, they're not really uh, played those for you, you knew <laughs> you knew I was going to hate those three AM Skype calls with the kid where he, he has nothing of value to say. <laughs> the only thing you should be doing at three AM on Skype is talking about film, right? I, I was thinking something far seedier. If you've got your laptop out at three AM, but you know what? This is pretty seedy anyway. I'm glad we're actually doing it sort of business casual. We're doing it at what eleven AM my time and uh, nine AM yours. So yeah, this is. I think this is fine. There's the sun's up. No one's expecting that you and I are having an affair late at night. <laughs> we're really just talking about the road movie. <laughs> Which, by the way, because I just uploaded our previous episode and said, hey, coming up next, the road movie, uh, and I had really nothing else to sell it with. I'm like, yeah, it's uh, you'll figure it out. You'll see. Got delayed. I look at my little morning news thing, got bumped. <laughs> bumped. Did it really? <laughs> it only got bumped a week, but I'm like, okay. January 19th, do you, you think there's a window there that's better than January <laughs> fifth i don't know so uh this will you know what i'm gonna prep for our biggest episode ever the road movie coming next yet again so i don't have to record that bit so uh yeah this is uh yeah this i think skype with the sun was a little bit of a drag for me but you're a father so did you respond better to those scenes well it's yeah i actually that they were fine to me but i what you were talking about them being a drag i think that's kind of the point that it's letting you know that there's the both these characters have their really goofy moments, um, you know, between the father's jokes and the masturbation scene and the shower, those kinds of things. You need to start laying the groundwork for some sort of emotional honesty early on. And I think that's what they're providing. You know, something I, I realized here, um, you being a father, you didn't go with the, the father son angle, which I, I sort of thought you would. I thought you would go with the, uh, you know, a more sort of touching affair, unless I guess we're counting what Michael Rooker is like. <laughs> the t- <laughs> That's the father, <laughs> the emotional connection that holds it all together. And, uh, mall rats, you know, I'll, I'll stand behind that. <laughs> that lines out for me. <laughs> Do you, uh, are you, are you are, like, and maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but as, since that's an obvious theme you could take from this film, do you respond to those like presumably, or at least Hollywood presumes most men do as far as that's the way you're going to get men to, to cry is have like a, a father son moment. Cause I, I think of stuff like Goodwill hunting, you know, was one of those that sort of, I guess famously or infamously, it was like one that was okay for men to cry. Cause it's like two men hug each other, like talking about their dads. And um, I feel like that's something that they go back to a lot in film. Yeah. I, 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 uh agree with that particular film that that's was sold that way for a lot of people. I never really had that response to it. If anything, big fish was one of the ones that made me want to call my dad, um, a little bit more quickly than goodwill hunting because there was, despite its (laughs) fantastical nature, um, it was far more honest. I thought than goodwill hunting where I could relate to the idea of an imperfect father exaggeration, those kinds of things. I, I got it. That made sense to me. Um, so with something like this, I, I, yeah, that, that's something that definitely worked for me. Um, I I wasn't moved to tears in this, but I, it was 
definitely something that I stopped watching on the laptop and moved over and started watching it, you know, giving it a little bit more respect that it deserved as opposed to just passively watching the film. I watched it, uh, started watching it on my iPad. And I guess my, this will be our weird thumbs up grading (laughs) (laughs) score, I guess, is that I hit the airplay uh, button to move it to the TV and then set the iPad down. So it, (laughs) it, it did get, uh, you know, as the filmmaker intended onto my 40 inch flat screen in the bedroom. How do do we, how do we distill that down into a thumbs up star rating system where it's, I started on my phone, but it ended on the TV. I don't think it's something, you know, and unfortunately for our listeners, since they've already had to sit through 20 seconds of it, I don't think that you can explain it through words, but maybe like little emojis would work on like a website. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, a tablet. <laughs> okay, so as it gets bigger, yeah. the phone, the tablet, the that's, big screen. That's the star rating. And I, I guess eventually you go to uh, you know, hopefully a theater, like, um, which uh, for, for me this weekend, I was going to go watch something else, not for a podcast. Uh, I was going to watch, well, I guess Christopher Plummer, I just had him on the brain, was going to watch oh, sure. All the Money in the World, which I've not caught up with. And uh, it's just too fucking cold. And I was like, eh, not going to do it really weird to watch that movie and think that what is it two months ago he wasn't in that movie three months ago i think ridley scott just wanted to show how fucking lazy filmmakers are like i think think he (laughs) He nailed it i mean (laughs) he's the second lead in the movie it's not like he's in two or three scenes i mean everything i read and i i never it could just be to, to sell the fucking movie but all the articles i read was like Ridley Scott was like, yeah, no problem. Like he was taking it like, oh, this will be fun. This is a fun challenge. Like I, I want to do this. And it's sort of like a show offy thing. Like he's, okay. I mean, he's fucking old enough to where he can do it. And uh, of course I also read that Plummer was his first pick that the studio overruled. So, boy, he's looking pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, it, and that's one of those things. It's kind of strange that you already have Mark Wahlberg in the movie. You, you won't give him a Christopher Plummer. You have to, you have to put something else there. It's not like that's a unknown quantity. I, I guess they were you know, hoping for those Netflix dollars to to, <laughs> to sell it later, <laughs> so that House of Cards. You watch this now. You'll watch all the money in the world. And uh, no, not going to happen. So humor me, um, since th- this is a War Machine versus Wars thing, where I'm like, hey, uh, let's talk about a movie I didn't go watch last night. <laughs> <laughs> Humor Me, unfortunately, I think is, is uh, as we often say on this podcast, is probably built for that streaming experience. Um, what do you what do you think? What, what's the audience going to be for this? Because the, the only thing I thought with the title, because it, it definitely is warranted given the dynamic of the father-son relationship being built on jokes and jokes the son doesn't want to hear anymore. Do you think it's got enough laughs that people are going to be like, oh, this this will be a comedy. That guy's goofy. He's been in uh, Fly the Concords and I think some other like Will Ferrell, Steve Carell movies. Is it punched up enough? Because as I said to launch the show, Clement doesn't seem to have interest in being the funny guy here. No, and he's not at all. Uh, but the I think that there's enough to hold people in the that audience that's expecting that movie, and then. I don't, you know, they, they'll, they'll keep them going and they might be a little bit passive in their watching because the jokes might not be as quick fire as they may have expected. But if they give it a chance and they stick through maybe 20 minutes of it, once the film does start to reveal itself a little bit, and I think it's really not until almost the hour mark that it really starts to show what it is. Um, 
that it, you know, they'll be pleasantly surprised by what they get. And I, yeah, I, I think that it shows Clement's actually a decent actor here and doing some interesting work. So I, I think that the people that are going for the flight of the Concord stuff, if they're more of an Eagle versus shark fan, as opposed to uh, flight of the Concords, they might, they might be on board for this. Oh no, sir. I've, I've got to do better than that. Uh, oh, I'm going to okay. go the other way. I'm going I'm to ignore Clement entirely. You're the lead, but you're not, you're not what we're going to market here. We're, we're this gonna, is the Elliot Gould show. Yes. We're going to market to the, uh, the, the gray hairs and not the, as you said, <laughs> nearing 50, 43 year old Clement with gray hair. We're the actual, I guess, white hairs. I think that, uh, that's something that, you know, we've talked about before, like when I go to the art house theater, it's senior it's citizens, all old people really supporting it. Like, I mean, cause they're the ones that I feel like they're like, okay, surprise me. Like, you know, they'll read something and be like, sounds good. I'll give that a shot. Um, I'm not saying they don't have anything else to do, but like, <laughs> I think they're sort <laughs> you of, you kind of are. Well, I, I, one thing I really dislike about sort of, obviously like you get into like the Marvel movies or, or really just you could go into even independent cinema is film fans like desire to be sort of like so into it that they like know every detail or they, it's like they have the filmmakers, like the director's notes before they go into a film and there's nothing wrong with being, or they don't want anything. It's the two ends. They complete spoiler free. Makes it a little difficult to, uh, (laughs) to get podcast listeners. Like, especially this, this podcast, we're like, Hey, we're going to tell you something. Uh, here's something you probably haven't seen. Um, and if you have interest in it, we hope you click on it, but we hope you're not so interested that you want to go in completely blind, uh, <laughs> because you'll probably forget about our little show. But I do think that the, the comedy will work for an older crowd. And sure. I, I think it's one of the, like, I just watched one for another podcast, the comedian with Robert De Niro. I haven't watched that. I've been scared really of that one. It's really bad. Yeah, it looks um, bad. It looks bad. But it's about it's like that style of comedy. It's obviously a little more crass because he, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's working or trying to work in the stand up circuit, get back into it. Uh, but it's an old fashioned style of comedy that when I watched that one, I was just like, ah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can't root for the character because I'm like, yeah, this this style of comedy is dead, man. You probably should <laughs> you, you need to evolve or die. And so I'm, I'm not with him on his journey. Uh, sort of Rodney Dangerfield type humor because I think that it's sort of correct that the world has evolved past that. This one it works better for me because even when the jokes don't land with the father, at the very least, I have my lead to side with where I'm like, all right, dad, enough. Like, can we, you know, let's, <laughs> let's actually talk about something and not try to gauge like how this relates to me or my personal problems through this character of Zimmerman and if he's going to have sex with a sheep or a woman on a beach somewhere, <laughs> which I have to say, you know, you, you were talking about that there were no like sort of uh, crying sort of worthy moments. That's probably the closest because it, it goes by in a flash. He tells this joke, yeah. which is pretty, I mean, it's pretty good. You can kind of see where it's going, but it's, you know, it's a funny visual gag, funny visual image that he puts in your head. And then when he tells like, you know, his son's like, you know, I don't know how they get to it, but it's like basically what was his dead mother's, you know, how did she put up with the jokes and her interpretation of the joke is such a solid land, like sort of a gut punch. And then the film just quick, I really appreciate the film doesn't linger on it. It's not like, doesn't cue the music, doesn't cut back to like Clement's (laughs) face. It's like, they just move on to the next scene. And I was still thinking about it. I was like, man, that says everything you need to know about the relationship between the mother and father here. 
And I really like that they don't they don't go back they don't give gold a lot of Oscar bait type scenes. And I think that's what makes the film work. It's it's just that one moment and you kind of fill in the gaps on that relationship and it's it's so effective. So I think there there's some really good stuff in this film. I was I was glad that I, I watched it and as you said, the hour mark, I didn't text you again like, What is this movie again? I still don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I moved it to the T V and I still don't understand what's going on. I uh, I also think that it's kind of touching into that that the way that it handles uh, Gould and his neighbors and the characters in this community, it's not like a lot of films that handle retirement communities. That it's not insulting to them. Um, I mean, some of them are a little bit more over the top than others, but generally speaking, these are dynamic, <laughs> interesting characters. Um, it's a lot of films. I, I can't remember which one we, we watched, but it was a Philip Seymour Hoffman movie. And it felt like every time they would cut to the retirement home, it was just oh look, old people being goofy old people. And that was the humor of the movie. And they don't do that here, which I actually really appreciate. Closest you get is something that I, I understand, um, which is the old man <laughs> Gould's obsession with diet cream soda. Uh, but I'm not that different. In my, you know, 41 year old state either. at this point, especially when you, you have, you know, in this case, his guest is his son who is uh, going through a, a separation, a divorce and has already stated like, ugh, nothing but diet cream soda in the fridge. And then when he comes home from <laughs> you know, a long day of joke telling his son is like, you know, because he's too lazy to go out and about, he drinks something that he has a distaste for and his father loves just because it's the only thing available. It's the only thing there. And that scene, uh, that's the one moment I think Gould could have played up a little more because I was ready for a rampage because I totally <laughs> got where that guy was coming from. And I say that having, I don't think I've ever tasted a diet cream soda, but, um, I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm with Gould on this. I, I don't mind a diet cream soda, but then again, I like where there's originals and old people candy in general and soft drinks. Um, but I, I, I actually really love those moments like that because if you think about it, it's just a silly throwaway joke. They don't dwell on it. But it really does kind of you know, tell a lot about these characters and who they are in those moments and where they are going in their relationship between each other. It's all these stories that you could easily just dismiss are actually in service of the characters. And I think it's a really well-written story. Since we're getting to the uh, then the show, I should uh... – point out i think this is the uh feature length debut of the writer and director sam hoffman which um he's had some interesting work though he's worked with some pretty talented folk yeah he uh was a producer on what moonrise kingdom uh mm -hmm. good god i'm just going back to his uh filmography he started in the business he was working on groundhog day as uh yeah. like in second unit but uh executive producer begin again uh, he did have one that probably fits the bill a little more. Uh, he directed a TV series I was not familiar with called Old Jews Telling Jokes. So <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yeah, Old Jews Telling Jokes. Uh, yeah, that fits uh, with humor me right in line with his directing credits. <laughs> he's finding the absolute most narrow niche that he's going to shoot down. So, I mean, I, I think we have uh, we have a similar goal. Let's project. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so yeah, I, I did have one last question, kind of right. just a, a an idea that you were talking about in focusing on the writer's block angle with this. Mm -hmm. What well, you know when you read Stephen King, you know, I, I, as most teenagers and you know early college students do, sure. you I, half of his films or books rather are about writers, and half of those are about people with writer's block. Why is it that screenwriters don't focus on that the way that novelists do? 
they don't have the power, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I guess it would have to be a yeah, writer-director. But even a writer-director is probably more proud of being a director than a writer. Barton Fink is maybe the only other one I can think of offhand, kind of a writer's block story. Yeah, I did. I wasn't about to dive into that one because I uh, just a little peek behind the curtain there. I knew I'd have to rewatch Barton King, Barton Fink to uh, discuss it, and I'm like, oh, beginners! <laughs> I remember that. You know, brought a tear to my eye. I got it. I still have the emotion of it. Barton Fink. That's a little too intellectual. I'd have to give that a full rewatch. Gonna skip that one. Gonna snub the Coens as they deserve. Yep, that, that's how we. Uh, there you go. That's, that's how, how we roll. select our selections. So, uh, yeah, stick around. Uh, hopefully you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, whatever it's called now, Pod Player Choice. Go to followingfilms.com. And if you do, you'll get to uh, hear The Road Movie, which I've been hyping up for a few episodes now uh, when it comes out. We have that one recorded, and I still don't know really uh, what we illuminated there for the audience, <laughs> for the <laughs> listeners. I think that's the – you know, as uh, Mr. Hoffman, he's – this uh, Jew's telling jokes – I think that's us where did we illuminate anything? That's our path that we're following. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at projecting film. <laughs> I felt like that, that uh, critique of our own show. I was like, you had just really left one hanging there for me. I'm like, Oh, I cannot wait to say at projecting film after this. <laughs> I knew you'd do something with it. It was a lot. I didn't know where you were going to go, but I figured you could do something with this. It's also saving me. Uh, <clears throat> what I really hate when I edit these is I realized that I didn't do all the bullshit. Like, hey, if you are listening out there, here's where uh, here's where we are. And I have to sort of get back and bring out the microphone. And then I'm like doing it by myself. And we've talked about before where it's like I fuck it up and I'm like getting more angry at myself if I try to do this sort of stale Here's where we are, and I do it a few times for my wife while telling me like I should put those together sometimes because I've got like this entire <laughs> five minutes of me like fuck, goddamn it, piece of shit, I hate this. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Next time we do this, I'm gonna bounce it off Chris, and uh, when we do that, I, it's easier. I can just like just throw it in there and then just play the music. Wait for me to say something that has an obvious reaction point that's at about the 27 to 32 minute mark. Just walk out the door. Yep, that was the plan. <laughs>